Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to this episode of the Strange Catholics podcast and the Strange Catholic Show. This week, we're going to highlight St. Isidore the Farmer as our saint spotlight, and we're going to talk about Our Lady of Fatima and the Miracle of the Sun. For opening prayer, we'll turn it over to Terry. All right. Good evening, brothers. Good evening, podcast listeners. Welcome to one and all. Let's bow our heads and begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Great and heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the great blessings that you bestow in our lives, the love you provide us, and the opportunity to spread your word through our podcast. We just ask now, as we open up our conversation tonight, that you guide us and be with each and every one of us, and let our words be the inspiration that you would use to guide those listening and help them to come into a closer relationship with you and your son, Jesus. And we pray all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bob. Amen. Hey, well, first of all, thanks for everybody for joining us, you, you know, on the podcast, whether you're listening to us from Minnesota or from the United States or to many of our global listeners. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Hey, guys, I just want to let you know I'm going to be back in your neck of woods next week. Did you did you guys awesome. not remember that? No, I yes. totally remember that, but I'm fairly confident both of us are going to be out of town. <laughs> out of, out of <laughs> well, we're not going to be able to do a, a reunion show. Yeah, we'll have to work out some details after the show. Yeah, I think I, uh, maybe Monday, uh, Monday the 17th, maybe we can, Monday we can maybe try to get together on that date. Uh, just put that on your calendar and see if that works for you. You guys should be back from your your uh, little little jaunt away for a few days, right? You'll be back by then. Correct. Okay. Well, and, and that goes for all the podcast listeners. I mean, you know, you could meet us as well. I'm just not, we just haven't told you where or in what city or wherever, but we're going to try to get together. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to cut some tape at that time. I don't know if that's what they call it anymore. All right. So let's get in. We don't call it that anymore. We so quickly in, in the first cup, I mean, you know, not a lot's happened over the last week, but I want to tell you the one thing that I have been feeling a lot lately, and that's part of the reason I have this very effervescent, very hopeful, very bright background today is the, the key word for today for me is hope. You know, there's a few things going on here. One, the weather's turning nicer, right? We're kind of moving 
I, getting towards the end of spring and we'll be moving into summer soon and the weather's a lot nicer. Two, a lot more people are getting vaccinated, COVID cases, at least in the United States. You know, we did talk a little bit about India on the pre-show and how terrible things are going there. So should we all pray for those folks there? But in the United States, COVID is getting better, more people getting vaccinated, and you're starting to see things open up a lot more. We know in Minnesota, where you guys are from, Governor Walz has loosened some of those restrictions. Uh, things have happened out here in Virginia as well. And, and so there's a lot more people out. I traveled over the last couple of weeks to numerous parts of the United States. There's more people traveling. Things are getting back to normal or sort of getting back to normal. There's a lot more hope. People are out. People are a little bit more happy. And it just seems like things are turning in the right direction. And I think, you know, there's the general mood, even though there's lots of problems in the world, in the United States and so on. I think hope is something that is such an important thing. It's such an important thing that God gives us, right? And it's something that we need to never, never lose and always keep in the forefront, you know, of our lives and, and understand that we trust God and that, and you know, we have hope because God is our savior and God's going to lead us and direct us in the right direction, even though there's going to be pitfalls, right? There's going to be dark time. There's this pandemic, people die prematurely, all kinds of things happen. You know, we, 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 uh, we always have that hope, you know, for, for the future, right? For the present and for the future. So that's really how I feel today. That's why I have these wonderfully, what are these balloons or big orange balls or whatever the heck they are behind me. And, um, so I'm very happy and very hopeful for the future. I think things are turning up. That's my first cup of coffee. So whatever you guys want to say before we move on. Love that hopeful message. And of course, anyone that would like to see this, they can uh, click the link in the description to watch the YouTube of our unedited podcast. I love that message of hope. And of course, for the sixth Sunday of Easter, we hear so much of that love of God that goes beyond all our understanding that God's power is beyond, you know, God's ways are beyond our ways. His timing is beyond our timing. We can't understand always how God is working, but if we're faithful and, as you said, hopeful of that promise that Christ gives us, that we can remain in him, if only we would just love him, right? Lay down our life for our friends, offer up that love to others that we've been given first by God. So beautiful message of hope on this wonderful. Happy Easter, everyone, by the way, if you happen to still be listening in the Easter season. Terry? Amen. Amen. No, I uh, love the message of hope as well, Bob. And I will share a story with you and our listeners. Uh, over the past few weeks, uh, I've been uh, working with a young couple to prepare themselves uh, to get to the altar in marriage, in the sacrament of marriage. And I will actually be the one presiding at their wedding for the first time ever as a deacon. So I'm uh, very, very humbled by that. What? Uh, but listening to these two young people and... Uh, one of them works in law enforcement in South Dakota. The message of hope and and 
just how their outlook on life, even though, you know, uh, both of them work. One works as a correctional officer and the other works as a sheriff's deputy. And just to listen to them and their faith in God and their faith in each other as a couple and where they're at in their level of communication as a couple is just so impressive to me. It really gives me hope that, first of all, these two beautiful young people are uh, are coming to the altar of God to proclaim their love before their family and before God, number one, and number two, to see where their faith is at really brings me hope for the the young people that are coming into our church. And the fact that we had uh, confirmation here recently at our church and seeing our young people uh, receive the sacrament of the Holy Spirit as we uh, are concluding in the Easter season. And in a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating uh, that great feast of Pentecost. I really have a great deal of hope, plus the fact that it's getting nice out. So, yeah. Okay, I'll wrap this up with two things quickly and we'll transition. One is for everyone, you know, I pray for all of you that you continue to keep hope in your heart as you as you move forward in your lives. And two, Terry, just don't forget the Lord's Prayer when you're doing this ceremony. I will and try with that, that, too. <laughs> with that transition to the main topic and Phil. So the 13th of this month is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. So we're going to talk a lot about a miracle that happened October 13th, 1917. But we're going to give a little bit of background on Our Lady of Fatima and what she's, you know, that message that Our Lady of Fatima brings to all of us. This is a church-approved apparition. So this is something that you're not required to believe as a Catholic, but it's something that we can see how God was moving through these people of Fatima and really helping them to be that prophetic message to the world, especially in a time of great need in 1917, and that message that rings true today. So I will cover a little bit of the miracle of the sun. We'll probably touch on this again in October, but I really, I just want to give a little highlight of what happened. And so I'm going to do it kind of in a story way. So I'm just going to uh, ask that everyone kind of if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you happen to not be driving, you know, just kind of close your eyes and imagine that you are there. Maybe you're even a skeptic or even someone that um, totally doesn't believe in God. And you're there to refute these three little kids who have been telling people for months and months that there is going to be this miracle on the 13th of October. So you're there along with 70,000 or more people, it's been raining for a long time. Everyone is just drenched, unless you happen to have an umbrella. And while you're there, you see these three children kneel down, and then you see a, you see something before you that is unexplainable. The sun does something that you can't explain. It's difficult to explain. The words are difficult to really formulate. But you see the sun making new kinds of colors, and you can gaze on the sun without straining your eyes whatsoever. And then the sun begins to dance around, and it comes so close 
that everyone in the crowd is frightened that the sun is going to literally crash into the earth. And not just these 70,000 plus people that are gathered here in Fatima, but this is seen for hundreds of miles. This isn't just unique to just this area. This was seen far and wide. And then another miraculous thing, you know, your clothes were drenched in water. You've been kneeling down and everything was muddy. But when you stand up, you notice that not only are your clothes dry, your hair's dry, but your clothes are even clean. So we see another miraculous, another miraculous thing that's happening all within this. And you, who was a skeptic, who was there to refute these children, now witnessed a miracle. And you're not the only one. Many, many other skeptics, news reporters, the you know, the local ordinaries of the of the town, the mayor, all these people are present to see this, hoping to tell, you know, to show these children that they are not right. So this miracle happened on October 13th, 1917. There are photographs of it. There is some real kind of it's not great film, but there's film there. There's pictures of the people that are witnessing the miracle. And then there's pictures of right before the miracle. Of course, we'll link to all of this. But here's this remarkable miracle. And, you know, we can kind of ask, you know, like, why did God do this miracle this way? You know, what was going on with all these different things? But part of it is, you know, sometimes God has to do really miraculous things to kind of get our attention. And so some of the messages that Our Lady of Fatima was bringing to the shepherd children was first to pray. We need to pray a great deal. We need to make sacrifices for sinners. For many souls go to hell because no one will pray and make sacrifices for them. And we know, uh, I'll link to uh, some accounts from the shepherd children, that they would make many sacrifices for the souls in purgatory. They would make many sacrifices for those that were hardened sinners. So here's a beautiful prayer that our lady gave to the three shepherd children. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope. I love thee. I ask pardon for all those who do not believe in thee, do not adore thee, do not hope in thee, and do not love thee. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I adore thee profoundly, and I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of the same Son, Jesus Christ present in the tabernacles of the world in reparation for all sacrileges, outrages, and indifferences by which he himself is offended, and by the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. And another very famous prayer. So after praying a decade of the rosary, this is a beautiful prayer to kind of close that out after your glory be. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. So the of thy mercy, I'm actually not seeing quoted anywhere, but that's the prayer I've been taught. That's the prayer that's in my rosary books that we've been teaching our children for more than a decade. So just a little caveat on that. When I include that quote, I will have that of thy mercy outside of the quote because I'm only seeing it end with most especially those most in need. So just anyways, this is a beautiful, I think, wake up call for us as you know Christians to really recognize that God has been calling out to us to really 
dive into this beautiful prayer of the rosary. So Our Lady of Fatima would tell them to pray the rosary every day, and I highly encourage you to do that. I don't know that we've actually had an episode on the rosary, so this is probably just a good reminder for me that we should probably do that. But if you've never prayed the rosary, there's beautiful resources online of which I will link to. If you have any questions or you have any whatever it might be about the rosary, about Our Lady, about Our Lady of Fatima, about this miracle, please reach out to us, strangecatholicspot at gmail.com. Hopefully Bob doesn't get upset that I mentioned that early, but you can reach out to us. We're more than happy to kind of walk you through the the beautiful gift we have of the rosary and just know that we will have an episode upcoming, maybe even by the end, end of the month of May, possibly. Uh, we do have some guests lined up, but if we can make it work, we will. Offer up any sacrifices you have. Maybe you can skip that thing that you like. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Coke, it's a Diet Coke, it's a chocolate or whatever. You can offer that little sacrifice up for, you know, a, you know, someone that you know that is really turned away from Christ, whoever that might be. We probably have many family members that we can offer up these sacrifices for. So, just living out that message of Our Lady of Fatima and offering up these sacrifices, praying the Rosary constantly, and really pleading for mercy from our Lord. Beautiful reflection, Phil. Thank you very much for that. Um, the miracle of Fatima is one of those that just really takes your breath away. It really, really does. And for those that were able to witness that dancing of the sun, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine if, if I would be like, really joyful, really excited, or like, holy cow, what am I seeing? Is the earth coming to an end? <laughs> yeah, you so know? one thing that's really, I just, I don't mean to interject, but sure, a lot of people were praying in active contrition at that very moment because they thought, this is it, it's all going to end. So they were praying their active contrition, which is a beautiful thing to do. If you think that death is near, pray that active contrition so you can have true sorrow for your sins. But anyway, sorry, Terry. No, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that. Absolutely. So... But the one thing that strikes me with that story more than anything else, and I recently saw uh, the Hollywood version, the movie uh, about Fatima, and granted, I know that filmmakers do take a little bit of artistic liberty with things, but the courage of these three young children to stand up yes. against the adults, especially yes. in that time where, I mean, you didn't question an adult. You know, an adult's word was as sacred as God's word is. So you did not question adults. And they were standing saying, no, this is what the Virgin Mary said to us. This is what the message we need to get out. And they were even told to stop by, uh, you know, like the mayor of the town and the government officials. And they stood up and said, no, we're not going to do this. The church told them that they were wrong and that they were liars. And yeah. they said, no, we're not. We are standing. The, the lady has come to us. So having that courage, because even as a man in my mid-50s, uh, I would hope I would have that courage, but I don't know if I had that many voices telling me I was wrong. Maybe I would just think, well, maybe they should just lock me up now or something, you know? The message, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about hope and having that hope, but also the message of that courage, that faithfulness and God and knowing what you have just witnessed to me would be incredible. 
Yeah. And I mean, to have a priest and a bishop telling you, you know, you need to refute this, you know, it's like, whoa. yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. No, yeah. this didn't happen. Oh, yeah, it did. And a little, you know, in the movie, of course, little Jacinta, you know, looking the bishop straight in the eye and saying, you're wrong, sir. Oh, my gosh. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's really remarkable. The, I think just the breadth of everything they kind of went through, all the persecutions from their own parents. You know, I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't isolated it was right. everyone kind of coming down on them. Um, and only towards the end did people start to believe, you know, I mean, and it's, you know, and then 70,000 plus people, there are many estimates that are much higher than that, but I just go with the one that, you know, people can say, Hey, yep, we counted at least 70,000 people. So, sure. and if you look at some of the photographs, I'll see what I can link to, but, um, there's some photographs of the the people there and it just, it's a sea of people. You can't see the end of them. It's really remarkable. I'll, I'll also link to the Fatima show that or movie that you're talking about. That's on Netflix right now. If you don't have a Netflix account, uh, they may have it on They may be, you may be able to purchase a viewable version of it. Um, I, I think you can get it in just about any format that would allow you to stream it. I know when we watched it, um, I watched it through my Apple TV uh, account. So um, let me correct myself. So uh, I earlier I said it was Jacinta standing up to the bishop. I was incorrect, and I realized that it was Sister, well, she would later become a nun, uh, Lucia, the child Lucia, standing up to the bishop. So I wanted to correct that to make sure that I got the story correctly out to our listeners. Perfect. Yeah, and it. From what I can tell by my quick searching, it looks like it's free on Netflix and you would probably have to pay other places. But anyways, yes. Uh, so it's St. Jacinta and St. Uh, Francisco. Francisco. Yep. Uh, and Sister Lucia is venerable. Blessed. Blessed right now. Blessed right yes, now. Yep. Right. Yep. We, Terry and I had this discussion last week. So we're kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. cheating. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what are your thoughts, Bob? So anytime there's these types of things that happen, apparitions, you know, when people say that they've seen things and so on, it's hard to believe them, right? I mean, I understand that. Um, this was a really turbulent time in Europe, especially in Spain. So that made it even uh, all the more difficult. But, but you know, I, I'm not so sure I would, would have believed them either. Right. If I was their parents. So this this is the tough thing about things we don't understand. And a lot of what we talk about on here are things we don't understand. And what we've been taught is to try to push ourselves uh, to a point of trying to to accepting those things that we don't understand. Right. And or believing in those things that we don't understand. Uh, we, we don't get to an understanding because we're humans we just don't have that capability, but, um, you know, we, I think we would all want to be in a situation where the Virgin Mary, uh, maybe your favorite saint or Jesus Christ would just appear in front of you and say, you know what, Terry, I want you to do this or, you know, whatever. It would just make it so much easier, but, but then it wouldn't be as much of a, of a free will faith or free will belief system that we have, right? 
that we believe sure. in that, right? Right. Same, and, and so, go ahead. I was going to say same kind of thing with Eucharistic miracles, right? That's happening. Uh, you know, it happens very infrequently because if everyone saw that, they wouldn't have the same kind of reaction uh, with that faith and that hope and that trust, right? We've talked before about the Eucharistic, uh, the Eucharistic miracles where we said, okay, we've done this study and during the consecration that, you know, that pieces of the bread or the bread has turned to actual flesh and all that. And what I've told you is what? I don't care. I don't, I don't have to believe that. I don't, doesn't matter to me whether I believe it. I believe that that process happens when the priest consecrates it. I don't need to know all the rest of that stuff. Right. So I, I think that if, if I can believe in all that, why can't I believe young children can be visited by, right? By somebody, the Virgin Mary and, and get this information. So, you know, Absolutely. I think it's harder for us to believe that though. Right. It seems harder. Yeah, definitely. Oh, very well, much. Cause there's great, cause there's crazy people out there that, that we think are crazy too, that have, you know, these types of things. So it's hard to know what is and what isn't. So, yeah, I mean, this is what makes it difficult, but I mean, it's a wonderful story and, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So enjoyed it very much. You're covering it. Thank you, Bob. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, a short break uh, to pay the bills. Won't pay much, but it, it will pay a little bit. And then we'll be back with the Saint spotlight. Stay with us. All right. We're back. Terry's turn to talk about a wonderful saint. Take it away. All right. Thanks, Bob. And this week, the saint spotlight is on St. Isidore the Farmer, also known as Isidore the Laborer. His feast day is May the 15th. Isidore is the patron saint of peasants, day laborers, farmers, and rural communities, also bricklayers, and the National Rural Conference in the United States, plus the cities of Madrid, Lyon, Saragossa, and Seville. Isidore was born in the year 1070 to a peasant family near Madrid, Spain. He was baptized Isidore in honor of the famous Archbishop of Seville, a scholar, bishop, and a father of the church who lived in the 6th and 7th centuries. Although his family was poor, they loved and they served God. Isidore and his family believed that it was important to show love for God by helping others. They often gave away what little they had because someone else needed it more. Isidore had a special affection for animals. He fed and he cared for them as well. As a hardworking man, Isidore had three great loves. God, his family, and the soil. Isidore the farmer was actually a day laborer working on the farm of the wealthy John de Burgess just outside of Madrid and worked for him for the rest of his life. He married a poor, poor girl, Maria Terribia. Their only child, a son, died in his youth. On one occasion, this son fell into a deep well, and at the prayers of his parents, the water of the well is said to have risen miraculously to the level of the ground, bringing the child with it 
alive and well. Maria and Isidore decided not to try to have any other children because they thought God was calling them to a different kind of life. Some stories also mention the fact that at that point, Maria and Isidore lived in separate houses. Although they always loved each other, they spent their time caring for those in need and praising God. Isidore's life is a model of simple Christian charity and faith. He prayed while he was at work. He shared what he had with the poor, even his meals. He often gave them more than he had himself. The other farmhands thought Isidore was lazy and caused them extra work. Because Isidore took time to go to Mass before coming to work, the other farmers thought that they were doing some of the share of his work. And they didn't like that very much. So little did they know that Isidore did have some extra help, but it wasn't them, the other farmers. After hearing that his farmhands were complaining about this praying worker, the landowner, Juan de Vargas, went to see what the trouble was all about. To his surprise, he saw two angels guiding the plow. And if the angels weren't doing all the plowing in Isidore's absence, they stood next to him and plowed alongside Isidore. This way, Isidore did more than twice the work he would have done on his own. And while he was at Mass, his work was getting done as well. Juan believed in the miracle that he saw, and he would come to see more in his lifetime. He believed that Isidore saved his daughter's life. He also believed that Isidore saved the life of a horse that was very important for farming. While his hand held the plow, he in his heart conversed with God, with his angel guardian and the other blessed spirits, sometimes deploring the sins of the world and his own spiritual miseries, at other times in the melting words of the royal prophet, raising his desires to the glory of the heavenly Jerusalem. St. Isidore, being seized with sickness, died on the 15th of May in 1170, being near 60 years of age. His death was glorified by miracles. St. Isidore had been beatified a little before Paul V in 1619 and was canonized by Gregory XV along with St. Ignatius, Francis Xavier, Teresa, and St. Philip Neri on the 12th of March in 1622. Together, the group is known in Spain as the Five Saints. Just a couple of stories to share with you about St. Isidore after his death. He is said to have appeared to King Alfonso of Castile and to have shown him the hidden path by which he surprised the Moors and gained victory of Las Nevis de Tolosa in 1212. And then in the 1600s, when Philip, the king of Spain, was near death, people processed to his room carrying Isidore's incorrupt body. By the time they reached the room, the king had recovered. And lastly, in 1947, he was proclaimed the patron of the National Rural Conference 
in the United States. St. Isidore the farmer, pray for us. Pray for us. And we being members of a rural diocese, St. Isidore the farmer has a great devotion across our diocese. There's many events that uh, go on throughout our diocese, but it's, you know, if you have anything to do with anything agricultural, as well as any of his other special noted talents that he will intercede for, just lift up St. Isidore and, you know, maybe the angels will help you as well. Agreed. Wonderful. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, I well, I I was a little late on that. No, but I heard I heard it. What a wonderful saint. Indeed. Wonderful well saint indeed. Mm-hmm. And to live the life that he did with, you know, his wife, both he and his wife, which his wife was also canonized as a saint later on in in life as well. Mm-hmm. So two very holy people to uh, raise our standard of life to. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful pillars for us to look up to. Beautiful, even more hopeful background, Bob. I really love that. (laughs) Gazing in the stars now. That's right. I'm limited, but I I have a few of them. So I'm I'm in. So so that that brings us towards the end or to the end of our broadcast today. So thanks, everyone, for listening. But as we before we go to final prayer, we just want to make a couple notes on some things. Number one, please leave us uh, a uh, rating. Please go on the podcast platform or where you find this podcast and rate us. And and I know St. Isidore would agree that, you know, uh, five would be probably the best to rate us. And that helps other people find the broadcast. Um, as well, you should uh, leave us a comment. You can leave us a comment on the, on the platform that you listen to us on. Uh, please leave us a prayer request or anything that you want to express. But you can also leave us a comment at this location. Strange Catholics Podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see more. You can see us face to face and you'll see less edited episodes of our podcast. And Bob's changing backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to see all these things happening while you're I'll listening. Have, yeah, hopefully I'll have more for you next week. And as we close, it's time for who's doing the closing prayer? It's Phil. Phil's doing closing prayer. Go ahead, Phil. Let us begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you please hear these petitions we bring before you. We pray that we always abide in your love and that your love would just permeate from us, that our joy would be complete. Lord, we ask you to hear these prayers for the protection of life from conception until natural death, for all those that are struggling in their marriages, that God awaken within them the true sacramental gift of God's grace in their marriage, for all those that are pregnant, all those that are struggling to become pregnant, that you, the divine physician, would come down upon them, grant them your peace, your healing, and your mercy. Pray for all those that were affected by the hostage situation in St. Cloud. For those that are in need of healing, body, mind, or soul. Lord, we ask you to please grant this healing upon all those that need it. We pray especially for those that are in India suffering from COVID. 
Pray for all those that are suffering any kind of mental illness or mental issues. You are the divine physician. Please grant them healing and peace. Pray for the repose of the souls of all of our loved ones that have died, especially those that have died recently. We lift them up and ask that they have the joy of joining you at the eternal banquet in heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks, Hallelujah. everyone. for Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to us this week and look forward to you being back again next week. And until that time, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day, and may God bless you.